the San Jose Sharks give us a nice little Super Bowl Sunday appetizer, beating the Washington Capitals 4-1 to one this afternoon. And uh, we're going to talk about that and uh, what's going on after the game. Check it out after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and teal together with us, check us out across all the social media platforms, the YouTube chat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok. Check all of that out and more at the tealtownusa.com website. Support the pod at tealtownusa on Venmo or in the YouTube chat donations any and all go directly to the show and help us continue this great content for you i am joined by miss dana may this afternoon miss dana how are you doing i'm good landy it is such an honor to be covering america's number one professional sports game uh, on this fine day um i'm the most excited sports fan in the state of missouri right now i just want everyone to know um and uh after this show i'm going to sleep <laughs> right no i'm almost serious i i never pay attention to the super sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i'm not really too interested in these teams either uh, as christian mccaffrey would once have said i wish both teams would lose <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's how i kind of feel about this super bowl yeah, I mean, every time I live somewhere where a team is in the Super Bowl, they lose. San Francisco, 10 years ago, whatever, they lost. The one year I lived in Colorado, Broncos lost. I live in Missouri right now, so um, good luck to the Chiefs, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, but the Sharks would have, like I said, a nice little appetizer for us in the beginning. And... Uh, you know, really surprising with a good effort against the Washington Capitals this afternoon. Yeah, I thought the Caps also didn't look the most energized. Um, that was also apparent to me, not to like yuck the yum of the, of the you know, Sharks playing well, but just something I couldn't help but notice. Yeah, no, I, I, I also agree. They looked a little sluggish. Um, but again, pleasantly surprised by the Sharks kind of getting out onto a, a really good footing um, with just a, a quick goal right off the hop. Normally, these are the top that uh, that the Sharks like to give up. But uh, Evgeny Svechnikov just throwing it on the net, getting some traffic in front and getting his fifth of the year. Gadjevich and Carlson with the assist there. Um, Carlson doing a great job with the zone entry. Uh, Gadjevich doing a great job in front of the net and kicking it back out to Evgeny. And he just floated one on net. And um, really a guy that I've liked all season. I, I thought that his effort this year has, has been great. And when they removed him from the lineup, I think once he got injured and the other it was due to performance, 
but I felt that the team really missed something on that third line without him. So again, good to see Evgeny on the board and and really showing a lot of effort uh, on the play and just kind of awareness to throw it on the net. Dana, what'd you, what'd you see from this goal and what'd you see from his game tonight that was just working? Um, <clears throat> I apologize in advance if my audio gets weird, my AirPods just died. Um, so we'll look into that in a moment, but, um, honestly, uh, I mean, again, not to yuck the yum, I thought the Washington goalie was not in a very good position, but, but, you know, um, uh, Sveshnikov took advantage of that. Um, and he was just like, yeah, whatever, just throw it in and went in, you know, um, shame I'm not on here with puck guy no offense Landy but um can always use puck guy going like Mr. Svechnikov I don't know where he got it from but he always says it so um porn went out for you <laughs> puck guy wherever you're at I believe he's he's at work right now so uh we're we're, we're drinking one for you <laughs> um but no again I I, I really I, I just thought that he had a really good game this afternoon and, and really showed a lot of uh, a lot of motor. And um, that's really what I liked about his game early on in the season. Again, it it's kind of been a weird one for him um, in, in so far as how many games he's, he's been able to, to suit up. But when he's been in, I, I felt that he's done a really good job on that third line, just kind of stabilizing everything. Um kind of almost making Limbaum a, a, a passable third liner when, you know, paired with him. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't say enough good things about Evgeny um, this afternoon. But in that first period, I mean, that would be the only scoring we'd get, and the, sh- uh, the shots would be 7-9 to nine in favor of Washington. Now, I think the, the shot total was a little misleading because it was kind of back and forth play. It wasn't really a lot of sustained time either way. And I think like you had said, um, the Capitals just looked really sluggish, you know, and, and they didn't really have a lot of second chances at the net. Um, the Sharks did a really good job of cleaning up a lot of the garbage, but I don't know. It just didn't seem like they had the will this afternoon. What do you, what do you think, Dana? No, um, and I don't know if this is a tangent I can get to later when we go into my post-its, but I've done a little bit of investigative journalism about the goalies that uh, teams uh, decide to start against the Sharks and um, how how results go certain ways. Um, and usually I feel like when people throw their backup in, they want to play well and like make sure that the backup doesn't, you know, um, have to face a lot um and they want to defend well um I I don't I I don't know what it was with the Caps because usually it's the Sharks who you know on the East Coast what time was it for you guys 10 30 like start (laughs) usually these are their worst games right breakfast with the Sharks Uh, right yeah um but yeah I, I feel like the Sharks just had a lot more energy um, and it's this is all very surprising because Washington is a team that needs those points. They're really in the thick of it um, in their playoff race, and <laughs> the, the points went to a team who does not need them at all whatsoever. Right, right. Also, sorry if my audio is terrible. It's my just computer mic. I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> yeah, no, you sound fine to me. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Um, but you know, going into that second period, 
um, the the tables would kind of turn a little bit in favor for the Sharks, and I think the Sharks really played most of that period in Washington's end, which was kind of surprising because you would have thought that Washington would have come out with you know a little bit more oomph or something in that second period, especially because of the way in which you know the the Sharks you know did a pretty good job of hanging around in the first. So uh, in that second period, though about halfway through um the <laughs> capitals would take a would take a penalty and uh, the sharks would get a power play goal alexander barabanov is ninth of the season hurdle and carlson with the assists there and this one again was just another one of those um kind of effort pucks where barabanov really scooted quickly to the front of the net um and and really kind of battled in front um, to make his make his own space and then to ultimately get a, a good shot on net and again the, it's the effort kind of will kind of type goal where you, you just love to see um, you know the players being funneled to the or the excuse me the puck being funneled to the net but the players really engaging up on like a uh, on the goaltender and um, you know, very kind of physical in the crease. So I, I thought that uh, Barabanov did an awesome job, you know, fronting it um, and, and able to get himself the the, the area to, to take the shot. But, I mean, what did you see from Barabanov that was working on that power play, Dana? Um, I think a lot of coordination between him and other players. And um, I thought this was an awesome example of something I pointed out um, during a previous After Dark about how the whole, like, Carlson having more of a shoot first mentality um, helps them not only just for Carlson to score, but for him to get the puck close uh, close to the net and whoever's around there can bank it in. And that's what we saw here. So I think uh, it was um, obviously kudos to Hurdle with the assist as well. But um, on this goal, I was um, particularly impressed with Carlson and Barabanov. Yeah. Yeah, and and the power play looked energized. It really didn't look um, sloppy, and again, kind of just a, a complete, you know, three sixty of of what, what type of effort they had at the end of that game in Carolina, um, in Florida. Oh, thank you, Florida. I, I mean, I I forgot it too. <laughs> <clears throat> they're all starting to blend together. I know. Yeah, Panthers. They're both Panthers. So and kind of reddish jerseys, but anyhow, I digress. Um, but yeah, no, like they they really did have a different kind of vibe to them um, because that you know in in that Panthers game that that power play just was worthless, and oh. and and. You know, we had said, I think, on, on that cast, not, um, you know, Puck Guy, I think it was one of the worst power plays, you know, of the season was contained in that game. So the, I don't know if they had like an internal meeting with the power play guys, like, hey, you know, we didn't get our shit together or, or what, but, um, I, you know, kudos to them because you could definitely see that it was crisper and, um, not taking as much time to dust it off, not taking that that extra um, extra skate to kind of make your own space. I mean, it's just pass, pass, shot, and in at at most two passes and a shot, which is um, you know when they keep the the power play simplified is I think the best formula for success for that grouping. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, there's, I don't know what it is, but over the years, there seems to be nothing more sharks than a complete snooze fest of a power play. Doesn't matter if they're doing well, doesn't matter if they're contenders, doesn't matter if they're friggin' in the, you know, draft lottery conversation. Like, just this, like, hot potato pass. Oh, no, you take the puck. No, you take the puck. No, you take the puck. No, I don't want it. You take it. And it's really good to see this shoot first mentality because then, even if you don't score, someone will be there to just get get in the right direction, low course correction, and it's in. So, yeah, hopefully this is an encouraging sign. Um, I, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know what that means at this point in the season, if we have a good or bad power play, depending on what you're, um, you know, hoping for, but, um, but, but it's good for the power play to be like effective at least once in a while. And for us to see them figure out how to, um, like combine their strengths in the power play and make that work. But obviously we don't want to be too reliant on Carlson to make literally anything in the power play happen. Well, and we'll, we'll, and we'll talk, we'll talk about Carlson, (laughs) you know, here in a minute. Um, But first, I mean, at the end of that second period, you've got Kuznetsov did end up getting a, a a goal for the Capitals, um, you know, and really it, it seemed like the one burst of energy that they did have was at that last five minutes of the second period. Um, And, you know, that just looked like a, a pissed off Evgeny Kuznetsov going to the net. And on that play, he'd ultimately injure uh, Kapokakinen, um, kind of had an elbow to the back of Kakinen's head. Um, I don't think that there was like any extra force. It just he was going through the crease fairly quickly and, um, you know, kind of had a lot of his body weight kind of planted on the right hand side, which is the side that, that Nick Capo. So, Capo would try to to stay in the game, but uh, ultimately at the TV timeout, the concussion spotter would um, pull him out, uh, and he didn't return for the rest of the game. So Aaron Dell ended up coming in, um, which was good because Dell had to make a, a save kind of right at the very end of the third. Um, in second, second, thank you. Oh, yeah, second. Yeah, second. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and and honestly, I mean. I didn't see a lot on it. I thought it was pretty innocuous myself. But, I mean, what did you see from the hit, Dana, and just kind of how that kind of shifted the narrative of the game just just ever so slightly? Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I don't think it was anything intentional. Guys crash the net all the time to try and make something happen. The majority of the time, nobody gets hurt. Um, you know, just something, something hit Kakanen wonky and – um, there's a reason that concussion spotters are a thing, even if a guy maybe says he feels fine, like, um, you know, his, uh, like brain functioning and functioning for the rest of his life is far more important than hockey. So, um, so I, I hope all is well, um, kudos to him for, for still trying to stay out there. I was glad to see the Caps fans clapping for, uh, his effort. Um, but ultimately, if, you know, the con- the concussion spotters do this for a living, if they feel like that's best, then um, then that's best. And so, yeah, I just I hope all is well. If it is something he needs to take time off for, 
he can go do that. Um, Team Tank has no qualms with our two goalies being Arundelle and uh, McEnany. Um, not not that I would ever be happy about um, anyone being injured or sick, but um, it could work in our favor, uh, depending on if you're on Team Tank or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, on the on the play, you know, I you just. Just an accident. I didn't see anything. Um, although I it was, it was ironic that Kuznetsov got hurt like a minute later. Yeah, yeah. I think he would end up um, getting his shoulder shoved into the yeah. glass by Logan Couture. Seeing yeah. him skate off, he looked like he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. It didn't it didn't look good. So I'm wondering if maybe he either um, pulled a muscle there or or tweaked something, but. Yeah, he, he didn't. It didn't look good, and and in that third period, he um he would play the rest of the game, but just didn't look like he had a lot on his passing and in his shot. You could tell that he was, you know, still hurting from that, um, you know, from that hit. But uh, in the third period, I mean, again, the Sharks would, um, I, I you know, again, the Sharks would just continue to play as they did throughout the first and um, for the first part of the second period with just kind of the, the pedal to the metal. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, they funneled, I mean, they, the course the shot counter was 13, eight in favor of uh, the sharks in that third period. But I just thought that the team territorially played better. And, and I think really only until like the last 10 minutes of the third is where Washington started to finally kind of wake up like, Hey, you know, we need to try and score a couple of goals here. But, um, Eric Carlson would get his 18th goal of the season with Barabanov and Couture getting the assist. And that came at 1255. So again, we had talked that the first 10 minutes kind of were sharks and then, um, you know, the, uh, the latter 10 were of the capitals, but this one was just one of those, uh, one of those pucks that Eric just threw onto the net and had some bodies in front and kind of just picked the, the corner. And I don't think it went off of anybody cause it just kind of sailed right into the net and kind of, you know, fold Lindgren, but I mean, kind of a wonky shot there, right, Dana? They don't ask how they just ask how many. <laughs> and um that would be you know capping off a three-point night for eric carlson and uh, again back to the four point nights <laughs> right <laughs> you scrub you didn't get four <laughs> um but no i mean eric carlson just again having another all-world performance and um he's on a 110 point pace as a defense yeah that's crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking of Carlson, defenseman named Carlson, uh, I have a little friend here. <laughs> it's a drunk Carlson bobblehead that my husband got when he lived in D.C. It's our one non-shark bobblehead. I figured I'd bring it out. I didn't hear much about him this game. so um, He was out. Yeah, he's... You can go, John, you can go practice to get better at hockey and become a better defenseman. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah well that and him being injured too um oh wait was he playing tonight no he was not playing oh okay well there you go i guess that's why i didn't hear uh oh and hot wheels 84 saying ek said it went off of a cap sky well maybe it did because 
Um, it, it certainly had that kind of sailing quality and, and definitely looked like a changeup that Lindgren was not ready for. Um, but again, the Sharks would uh, continue their um, their good play, and and even in with the last you know three minutes of the game, the the team continued to um, continue to try to possess the puck and not just dump it off. I mean, I thought that they had a couple of really good um, shots on net and sustained pressure, and then kind of gave it back. So, um, you know, you got I think out of that that uh, good work you just had Tomas Hurdle finally you know getting his empty netter his 15th of the year with Benino getting the assist there but when Hurdle dunked that in I mean there was some authority and he was not happy you know heading back to the bench you know not even a, a smirk or a smile and somebody who needed to score in whatever way shape or form it was good to see him get an empty netter but I don't know I, I do you feel like maybe the the, the trade deadline and all the chatter about, you know, his teammates and stuff might be bothering him. I mean, it's hard to say psychologically. It could be anything. Um, you know, I think his wife is going to give birth in like a month. I don't know. He's got a, he's got a lot else going on in his life. So who knows? Um, but I, I imagine, you know, ho- hockey players, professional athletes and performers of any kind are very prideful. Um, not, not in the derogatory sense, but like, um, in the sense of their, their performance is really important to them. And so I can imagine that, you know, to us, it's like, Oh, cool. Hurdle got his first goal in however many games, like to him probably doesn't feel that way. Um, and to be honest, it was just kind of comical how long it took for the sharks to get an empty net goal. Um, and it was making me really friggin' nervous because, um, <laughs> we, we don't need more overtime losses. Um, but they, they got it in and, um, you know, I can theorize all day what might be like behind or not behind hurdles, um, struggles as of late, but I, he's like my favorite hockey player of all time. So, um, I hope he figures it out. Yeah. And AJ, thank you so much for, for chiming in Quinn on heading back to San Jose for the first time (laughs) since January home. Where's that? Uh, Okay, uh, then uh, AJ coming up again with uh, Carlson said he hasn't seen Cochran so far, but heard he seemed to be okay. So again, you know, we we had we had said that uh, it didn't really look like it was much, and um, the concussion spotter, you know, just being conservative there, which he should, because again, go to the head. You want to make sure you you protect these guys as best you can, especially if your goaltender going to maybe take a puck off the mask or something a little bit later. You know, you don't want to have a a double conky in the same game, right? So anyhow, good on good on the staff for being uh, being there and being uh, able to um, you know make the right decision for for Kapo Kakinen. Um He would end up the night uh, with uh, twelve, saving twelve of thirteen, good for a nine twenty three uh, save percentage. And Aaron Dell would save all the shots he faced. Um, so what? Vesna. <laughs> so so we can definitely say, dude, you're getting Adele for uh, <laughs> for an afternoon. So anyhow, uh, the Sharks would end up with 33 shots on goal to Washington's 21. And the three stars would be Eric Carlson, Alexander Barabanov, and Yevgeny Kuznetsov uh, for 
this afternoon's matinee. And uh, again, just topping off a great Sharks victory, four to one, um, a complete victory, which, you know, they played well on all phases of the game. And, you know, this is one of the rarities for, for this season, for sure. Um, and, and the Capitals are my favorite Eastern team. So, um, you know, good to see the Sharks uh, play up to their opponent. Um, and and again, like you had said, maybe just catching Washington a little flat-footed this afternoon um, because it certainly did look like they were pretty sluggish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so with that being said, I would love to know what our post-it count is now after this game. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get around to it on the last show, but um, it uh, I had four. I had had 35 previously, so that was 39. And today I have okay, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So, oh my God, I can't do math. 44. We're up to 44. All right. Um, see anything I didn't cover. Yes. So I'm going back to my investigative journalism from uh, earlier this day. Um, <laughs> a lot of teams have been putting out their second or third string goalies against the Sharks. Um, so the Sharks haven't actually beat a starting goalie in almost a month. I mean, the Sharks don't win a lot, but yeah, the last time they beat an actual starter was January 18th versus Dallas. And, <laughs> that game just felt fluky to me. I mean, obviously, I don't need to do investigative journalism to prove that the Sharks aren't the best team. But um, it was interesting um, to note. And um, if the Sharks can capitalize on that, then so be it. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So here's something I'm never going to be able to unhear. And so I don't know what broadcast or radio or what you guys were listening to, but I need everybody else to hear it. When Randy said something about tickling the twine to mean scoring a goal i lost my mind well, i've never heard that if you said that to me out of context i would think it was a like euphemism for something um <laughs> i don't know what, but anyway i just thought everyone needed to hear that i so i've always got something on my post is something weird that randy says that i've never heard before <laughs> um Let's see, what's something, something about, yes, EK65, shooting first. Um, did y'all see that uh, Noah Gregor block where the Capitals player literally just shot it directly into his knee? That yeah. was a little painful to watch. <laughs> Not only was <laughs> it I painful guess. to watch, but it was painful to hear because you could hear it in the broadcast when, yeah, when it went um, th through the broadcast, you could hear the pop it made when it hit his leg and i'm like oh man like he just took 80 miles an hour off of the knee i hope that he's all right there because it sounded like it probably sounded like it got the knee pad um because it like i said kind of had that plasticky pop to it but mm -hmm. i'm like oh i'm so glad he wears knee pads <laughs> yeah definitely um sleepy mofo pointing out not to be a debbie downer but the caps did play last night against boston that Makes perfect sense. Uh, I guess I'm not a very good investigative journalist because I didn't bother to look that up when I, um, you know, noticed that they were sluggish. Yeah, honestly, the Caps probably were just like, eh, like yeah. we just want to just get this over with, go to our Super Bowl party or whatever. Exactly, that's probably what it was. But which which is a shame because if I were Washington, I would want all the points I can get. But uh, they're lost. 
Yeah, no, and I mean that's that's kind of the interesting part of it though, because they're in a dogfight to try and get into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, and you know the Sharks are a team that you can take advantage of and you know get some points. And yeah, you know you don't worry about losing to a Western Conference team too much because you know you're cross conference or whatever. But like you had said, you you got to get those points, and especially in the Metro Division, you know you're, you're you've got an uphill climb, so. Yeah, I I just thought it was kind of um, really interesting. We didn't see a better uh, Washington team this afternoon. Yeah. Ovechkin, Ovechkin, whom? Never heard of him in my life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he had like one shot. They said. I, I mean, I didn't like. That's what they said on the broadcast. I haven't seen it since. But um, but still, still holding Ovechkin to even just a few shots, no points. That's pretty crazy. Um, and then, yeah, my last note was just that I miss Arendelle's frozen mask. Um, so for context, anyone who doesn't know, in the movie Frozen, the magical land that the characters live in is called Arendelle. Uh, and so someone at some point pointed out to Aaron Dell that his name is the same. So uh, on the back of his OG shirt mask was the castle from Frozen. Um, and I, I just thought that was like a real cute Easter egg. I guess he got a new one. Um you know, since he's he's moved he's moved around to a few cities and then back to San Jose, but um, that's a nice piece of San Jose lore I will always cherish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, of course, there's always you know, dude, you're getting Adele. You know, it, like from from days past, uh, advertisements of past. Um, but I did want to talk just a little bit about uh, the trade stove because. Uh, you know, it's getting a little hot. Um, apparently, the Edmonton Oilers are re-engaging with the Sharks on a potential Eric Carlson trade to Edmonton. Word on the street is that the Sharks would need to retain upwards of 40% of Eric Carlson's contract. No, no I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> and I think that that's where the conversation should stop. I mean, it had been reported that the Sharks were thinking of maybe taking upwards of 18% and that being the, the maximum. Um, but even still, I, I, I think you you cannot pay the amount of money to players not playing on your team as, as much as the Sharks would be paying if they traded Eric Carlson at 40%. Um, because, I mean, that's that's almost $9 million in, in money cap space and, and just of players not uh, you're paying to not play on your team it just makes no sense and believe me Hassel Plotner is a guy who has a lot of money yes but he's also a computer scientist like this is a guy that's that's smart with his money and you know won't want that to to be um, you know how the Sharks operate so I don't see how how you're you're able to trade Eric Carlson unless you somehow miraculously, you know, keep um, ten to to fifteen percent is is all I would is all I would offer if I were the Sharks from a financial perspective. No, that contract is not being traded. Um, it doesn't look as bad, certainly now that Carlson's playing well. But like, no, oh my God, is Ken Holland on crack? Like, no. Well, maybe yes, but the, no. <laughs> Um, no, guys, Carlson's not being traded. I just tune out whenever I hear anybody talking about a potential Carlson trade because I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but I haven't seen it 
and um, yeah, it just it just doesn't make sense. Um, the, I mean, the other thing, Dana, too, is if you're Carlson, yeah, you know, it might not be a, a winning atmosphere and a winning culture in San Jose right now. But you also have to look at like the intangibles. I mean, would you rather live in the Bay Area or in Edmonton, Alberta? You know, and and I don't think that EK would want to go back to Canada unless it was to Ottawa, right? Where yeah. where his forever home is. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't. You know, I, we're we're not in his head. Um, there's pros and cons to anywhere, but. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think he's comfortable in the Bay area and, um, I, I, I don't think he wants to move. And frankly, I don't think he's going to be moved. Um, maybe people talking about a Carlson trade is just kind of like finding something to talk about because there's been so little tangible Timo Meyer related news. Um, but like, I, I don't even entertain it. I don't even entertain it, but you know what? If Carlson is traded, I will hop on here, uh, and, uh, eat my words. Right. Right. And, and I think I'm totally with you there. It's, it's got, you got to see it to believe it. And I'm even kind of more suspicious about Timo Meyer, you know, with the lack of, of any kind of news out of Timo Meyer. I mean, the last thing we had heard was, um, that uh, New York was looking into him, but that no. <laughs> they pivoted away to Tarasenko now. Um, and you look at what the return was for Bohovat, you look at what the return was for Tarasenko, and I, I don't I don't think the Sharks asking price is being met by anybody. I, I think that that's kind of where we're at, and I think... If I'm Mike Greer, I stick to whatever he's saying as far as the asking value because um, it sounds like it's high and it should be high, um, especially for a guy who's on pace for 40 goals. Um, and and again, I mean, you, you look at where the Sharks are at. I mean, this is a player that you can continue to use and continue to need for you know the foreseeable future. So. The less we hear about Timo, the more optimistic I am that they can try to resign and 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 not trade him. Um, yeah, I just really hope to God that we don't end up with a um, like Nylander and then Marner situation like happened in Toronto. You know, new GM trying to please a frustrated fan base. Um, and, uh, you know, just obviously there's a Toronto media was like, I guess, another player in like that whole um, hullabaloo. So it's like we're never going to have anything like that here. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I not to steal Ian's talking point, but the Sharks do not have to trade Timo Meyer. Yep. Um, Timo Meyer is I hate to speak about um, like a person in terms of being. Um, you know, like owned by a team, but in terms of contract, like um, Timo doesn't go anywhere without the Sharks' permission. Point blank. Right, uh, right, and and at so. the end of the season, you know, that's going to be the saving graces that the Sharks, you know, will be the only team that he can um, really well, engage with, or or they'll be the final team to to have the say, the final say, right? Because I think he can still be off sheeted. Right, right, but they can match. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, 
and I was listening a little bit to 32 Thoughts and, and Jeff Merrick and, um, you know, they were they were saying, you know, it's probably going to be another eight by eight, you know, eight by nine type of deal. Sure. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, like we're not going to lower it, guys. Like he knows what he's worth. He's a really good player. So um, I yeah, whatever. I just want to see him sign because inevitably if the oh God, <laughs> the I, I, I believe the prospects we have coming in the next few years will be doing something. I think keeping, um, uh, oh my God, why am I blinking? Uh, Bortolo and um, Eklund uh, on the Barracuda is very intentional to help them build their confidence and act, you know get to be a big part of a team um, so that once the Sharks decide to stop sucking, um, they can, they can join the big boys. And, and that's just my dream guys. Like <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to see the Sharks really hit some kind of rock bottom where they do a complete, like free for all yard sale, um, which they've just stubbornly resisted <laughs> for a long time. So we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, Burge asking, you know, what's the last day that the Sharks have? And so, if I'm, if I remember correctly, because this it's, it's been a while since I've done uh, Canada Day coverage, but that's July first is the opening of free agency for UFAs, and I believe three days prior to that, teams can start negotiating. Uh, offer sheets but the offer sheet I think has to be given on July 1st it's something like that there's like an exclusive window where you can talk but you can't offer something and then once it's like it once it hits the general free agent deadline or whatever that's when it can go but Timo is also if I he has a qualifying offer I don't know if he's arbitration eligible I don't think he is so, because I think this is his last, that the last year was his last um, year to have ar- arbitration. And then he goes into this point where he can uh, sign a, um, an offer sheet. So, yeah, I don't think he's ARB eligible. So you have to either pay him the $10 million or come to some agreement with a contract. So it's... Yes, you still have control of the asset. Yes, you have final say of the asset if you want to match a, uh, a a deal. Um, but still, some careful negotiations that need to take place in order for um, you know the team and and the player to come to some sort of agreement on on you know what the compensation will be. And I mean, Timo, like we had said, you know, is a power forward, forty goal guy, um, and and somebody that. Um, I think he's, let's not say he's a core player. I mean, on the Sharks, he's definitely a core player. But on any other team, you know, I think he's he's fringe core type of a player. Meaning, you know, he's not, he's better than a complimentary piece, but he's not the piece that you, you center around. But uh-huh. he, he's definitely a guy that you, that you um, saddle up with like your number one center. Yeah, yeah, I think I see what you mean. But I think it's worth pointing out that, while Timo Meyer's been in his prime, he hasn't been on a very good team. So I, I think it kind of remains to be seen what, uh, how he would actually fit into a team that has a lot of um, 
or, or a, a good <laughs> playoff contending team and how he fits among those players. But, um, but I think he can absolutely join the core of somebody's team and fit in really well. And if, if he gets traded anywhere, I think it would be the devils. If not them, I don't know where, um, yeah, I think the Swiss connection with Heischer is just too strong. And, you know, I think the Devils also have a good reputation of handling Swiss players. So um, I, I'm totally with you. I think it's Devils or bust at this point. Um, and Do you think Timo could go to Edmonton? Like, is that something they might be interested in? I, I God, I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, we keep hearing about, Edmonton circling around Sharks players and and most of the talk had been around Eric Carlson but I hadn't thought about Timo going up there as as a as a forward but it just it doesn't make sense to me if if I'm Ken Holland I'm still looking for that puck mover that that works on the back end with with Connor McDavid and and a guy who can skate well and has a lot of vision the same with Connor McDavid because you know you you basically want the guy who's got the the turbo jets um, paired with a guy who can make a really good up pass to, to get him the puck. And so it, to me, it makes more sense for them to be looking for a defenseman. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe maybe if they lose out on a defenseman, they'll say, you know, screw it, we'll go all forwards and, you know, try to um, win that way. I mean, it's definitely a strategy. I don't know if it's the best strategy, but it is a strategy. Yeah, I just don't expect the Oilers to make good moves in general, so I just kind of work with that assumption. Like, don't don't think about what makes sense. Think about what Ken Holland would do. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I think we're going to end it up on that note, Dana. We've got to start wrapping it up here before the big game starts. And then, of course, we also have Pucknologist tonight at 7 p.m. So if you haven't already uh, got the uh, notification bell going there, uh, click it on. So that way you know when we go live after every game. But, of course, the Pucknologists, when they go uh, this afternoon or this evening uh, after after the big game. But uh, but Dana, I really wanted to say thank you very much for for joining me this afternoon. Um, again, you know there there could be better, bigger, and better things to be watching. But you 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 toughed it out again, and we got a win, so that is awesome. But um, where can the people find you, and, and what are your final thoughts on on today? Yeah, uh, my final thoughts are thank you for not letting it go into OT. I'll take two points or I'll take zero points. Please no more one points. We don't need that. Um, and the people can find me at Dana May, um, that on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I think. Oh, you added an extra Y. Oh, <laughs> thank you for the catch. I, I can't I can't remember if it's with three or two. Yeah, I think I think on Twitter it's just one, and then on Instagram it's definitely two. <laughs> well, not figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> but really, it's Margie, right? That's that's yes, who you yes, should be following. Yes, at Margie underscore the Queen. <laughs> well, um, as far as my final thoughts go, it's good to see a good Sharks victory. Uh, it might have been coming off of a, a tired Capitals team, but still, you know, good to see them put a good effort on against a good club. Um, that's for sure. Uh, hopefully Kakanen um, will not have any kind of lingering effects from this and he can continue, you know, his good play because I, I think he's definitely turned a corner with his play as of late. 
And uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K and my last name, L-A-N-D-I, across all the social media garbage. And, uh, you know, you've got a platform. I've probably got an account. So try and follow me and all the things that I do and get up to. Um, and like I said, again, you know, Pucknologist tonight, 7 p.m. It's going to be kind of interesting to see where they go with uh, with the trade rumors, because I'm sure they'll they'll discuss quite a bit more about uh, where people are going, uh, what people are going to be looking for and uh, what their expectations are going in and out of it. So, um, again, check that out uh, tonight uh, after the uh, after the Super Bowl. But in case you miss us and you want to check us out again, uh, find us on the YouTube Rewind. But of course, we're on a podcatcher near you. I mean, we're on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Audacity. I mean, there's always the website too, tealtownusa.com. And uh, and yeah, we've we've got a lot of we got a lot of uh, content and uh, places where you can catch us. So, do we have a Margie signing, Dana, before we head out? Uh, that can be arranged. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, for all of the crew, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal, and let's see if we can catch Dana before Margie floats away. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> all right, everybody, have a great afternoon and have a great Super Bowl. We'll check you out. Uh, well, we're checking out and we'll catch you after the next game.